ladies and gentlemen, today is the day when I finally got to interview my friend, my mentor, Mr. Ryan Madges on the podcast. Going by Ryan Magic now, this guy has been a powerhouse in the coaching space since he was 21 years old. He has taught thousands of people how to start coaching businesses and inspired countless more, myself included. He was the guy who helped me start my first online business and I could not be more grateful. Anyone who needs any knowledge from the very beginning of your coaching business up until being advanced and wanting to move into the future, this is the guy to listen to. I think you'll love this episode. I really did. Here he is. Enjoy. This is Coaches to the Moon, the only podcast you need to skyrocket your coaching business and create true impact on the world. Here's your host, Alex Morris. Welcome back to the Coaches to the Moon podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm hyped today. I'm freaking hyped for our first shirtless podcast ever. Can I take my shirt off as well? Do yeah, it, man. You've worked hard for that body. Show it up. Stop it. Our first shirtless podcast ever. Ryan and me. It looks like we're naked. It looks like we're naked. And I'm here today. <laughs> I'm glad you. that's what you're thinking. I literally haven't, I've worn a shirt three times since I've been in Costa Rica for the last, like, like almost like, over two months. I brought like 20, I brought like 20, I brought like 25 shirts as well. I actually bought a bunch right before I left just to make sure I had some like appropriate attire. And then since I've been here, I just literally haven't. That's a serious thing because my body temperature gets so hot. I just literally can't. If I wear one, I just sweat. It's crazy. Fair enough. Well, just be, be you, man. You do you. You do you. And uh, I, I think and you can do me and, and take your shirt off. I've done it. I've just realized in context now it's going to be fine. But the clips from this show that are just completely without this intro are going to make no sense to anyone. Why do they not have shirts on? You can just do a little hour and just do a little pre frame. A pre well, I'll figure it out. Put a little story I, there. Put a full story. Ryan took 25 shirts to Costa Rica, hasn't worn one. I felt like I needed to do what Ryan was doing, so I took my shirt off, hence the shirtless podcast. Yeah. Well, I only put it on. I wasn't wearing a shirt before the podcast. <laughs> so, but this is what I love about you, Ryan. Uh, this is Ryan, by the way, everyone. So Ryan's in Costa Rica, and Ryan Madges is... I think you've been a driving force in the coaching space since you're about 21 years old. You uh, you were the coach's coach before that was even a thing. You founded Winnie International. You've now created the core method and a whole lot of stuff in between. I think you've inspired thousands of young coaches to do their thing and then taught a whole bunch of them how to actually succeed tangibly. So Ryan, thank you for being on the shirtless podcast today. Mm, yeah. Thanks for that intro. That's a really humbling thing to say, brother. And I was thinking as you were saying that, like, wow, the space has changed so much. It's grown so much over the last like seven, eight years since I was really in it. It's crazy. I love it. I just love how many people are into coaching. Yeah, well, I think when you called yourself the coach's coach, a lot of people probably hadn't even heard of the term coaching really outside of a sporting realm or, you know, in high-end business. And you... Or a bus. <laughs> or a long bus yeah yeah that's true that is true you are but we've been on buses together as well and and um i think I'm gonna, I'm gonna firstly you know awkwardly thank you as well put you on the spot and say if i hadn't met you i would not be where i am today i would probably still be working in hospitality 
I'd still be doing fine financially, but very seldom seeing my family if I even had one. And so my life and the lives of my family have immensely changed because of what you helped me do back in the day. So thank you, Ryan. You're so welcome, man. Thanks for saying that. It's really beautiful. No worries. We've had our times together, though. We have, uh, what have we done? We've gone night snorkeling in Hawaii. We've uh, eaten a whole lot of steak together. <laughs> which is True. Just- steak tartare. Followed by steak. <laughs> yeah. Entree, mainstay. We've yeah. had some magic moments going around. We've worn very out-of-place suits together. Yeah. yeah. Looking the piece. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've done a lot of cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I think you you really opened my eyes up to a whole new world of possibility, which was great. So I, mm. I wanted to bring you on here today for two reasons. One, because you reached out and invited yourself on. Two, because that's a good reason. <laughs> you don't say no to Ryan. When you get a hold of him, you you run with it. Take the opportunity. Uh, two was because I wanted to talk to you about kind of the dichotomy of old Ryan, which was very tangible, um, high energy hustle business style Ryan, and now a much softer, more relaxed, more bearded, shirtless Costa Rican Ryan but still with an, you know, an incredible, incredible life. It's very, very different. And so I think you got a lot yeah. of knowledge for a lot of people at both ends of that journey. So for some context, how big did Winnie International get your coaching company? Four to five mil a year revenue. We had 250 clients at one point in the 20K program, 25 yeah. star. So it was, it was solid for a coaching business. Yeah. Really, really solid. And man, I fucking loved running that business. Mm. I just didn't, I just didn't know how to enjoy it on the, on the full level. It's like I was ticking all the boxes of like what I wanted to do. Yeah. Like I feel like the epitome of it for me was running the retreats around the world because I was doing what I loved speaking. We had all these amazing clients like yourself at the time being a client as well. You're an awesome dude. That was such a, and the amazing group of people that were getting attracted to it because they were all coaches. And so they were all into personal development and open-minded and open-hearted and played life full out. And so traveling around the world and running these retreats and making lots of bank, getting to stretch myself, growing, health focus, all the things, ticking all the boxes. But when you, you guys were on these uh, retreats, I know there was a lot of focus on your businesses as well, but I was like hardcore in the game. I was like hardcore, just constantly focusing on the next point, feeling like I was so far behind where I actually was. So like in Hawaii, for example, what was going through my mind most of the time was like, this is a terrible turnout. I wanted way more people here. We should be like triple further ahead than where we are. How the fuck do we speed this thing up? Mm. That's what was literally going through my head, which is so crazy now because I look back at that dude and I'm like, dude, you were fucking crushing it, man. Like, you should be so proud of yourself. And that's what you achieved. It's amazing. And look at all these people. Look at all these people. And I still have people like you gave me these beautiful words as we kicked off this, this interview. And I have people reach out like that all the time. All old winning clients from Winning International and saying these things and regularly have it still from, from that particular business, helping coaches get clients. And so, yeah, it really was amazing. But I couldn't see it at the time. And therefore, even though I had created externally this amazing reality, I didn't get to extract all the goodness from it because I didn't know how to let that, that enjoyment in. 
let that fulfillment in. And so that's what led me to kind of like, let's just say season two of life. I'm actually in season three at the moment, which is integrating both. You could just say it's like masculine drive, feminine relaxation, meditation, learning how to feel emotions, learning how to love myself unconditionally. And at the moment, it's like integrating both, which is fun. So at the moment, I'm more in a hustle, hustle mode and enjoying that season. I'm super fucking happy for you, man. That's so funny. That's yeah, so funny that you've you've moved into that. Uh, th- those words, because literally one of the things I wanted to ask you about later, but I'll ask you now, was that you yeah. used to always talk about seasons in business, the seasons for mm. taking action and for hustling, then the seasons for more flow and kind of reaping what you've sown in the in the hustle season. And I dare say that you know, winning days, you know, when I we first met, you were all hustle, no flow. And then you went all flow, very little hustle. Now you're in the middle. So do you still believe that those, that the balance of hustle and flow is what we need to grow a business? There's, there's this beautiful quote, brother, that says the flow happens at the junction point between discipline and surrender. And I see that as like masculine, feminine. Uh, so like the, the hustle, uh, or AKA the discipline is, is really needed all the time in business, no matter what stage you're at, but it's, it's more needed when you're starting out and because you're creating momentum with something that's got zero uh, energy attached to it. There's no brand. And so if you look at like a Gary V for example, and just look at wine library TV and what he created, his focus was so much on like, I've got to, drive, push, get this thing going. And now you hear him talk and he's more kind of like the season switched a little bit for him where he's a little bit more foot off the, the mm. accelerator. And he, he talks about prioritizing happiness above hustle and stuff now. So his message has swung a lot. But um, yeah, it's definitely more hustle focused in the early, early days because you've got to transition from usually having a different income source to being full-time in a, in a new venture. That's a, as you know, more than anyone, probably that's a very uh, overwhelming emotionally, physically transition period. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm in, I've been in hustle on and off for years trying to build that solid income replacement, you know, from my computer from home and now I'm in it and it's working and I don't feel like I hustle that hard. But when I look at all the stuff I do in a day, combining the family and fitness and business and, I think I do hustle pretty hard, but um, but it feels easy this time around. And I think so there's a um but there's probably a lot of coaches out there who unfortunately have been sold the idea that you can flow from day one and never That's to push. And I think you used to tell us that was it 96 percent of coaching businesses fail? Something like that. Something yeah. like High that percentage. Yeah, <laughs> back in the day. Like, do you think that um, yeah. there is maybe too much passion and not enough tangible business still in the coaching industry? Uh, I would just say people struggle. Like everyone's got an edge. And so it's very discernible person to person because <clears throat> when people... What's really interesting is at the moment... Yeah, I'm doing well financially, but my focus at the moment is like mastering my my craft as a coach. So I'm mm. just doing a shit ton of one-to-one sessions. And this is like eight years, or it's actually 10 years into the coaching space. 
the last two, three years, I've been focused on my craft as an actual fucking coach. Whereas before I was the coach, I was the coach's coach before I was a coach. So I was like building the business. I was building my entrepreneurial muscle. Now I'm actually putting in the time and the energy to coach. And what most coaches do is unfortunately when they, coaches come into coaching broken most of the time. Most coaches that come in, like myself included, the reason I became the coach's coach was because I had quite a challenging upbringing. So I was very fragile and I lacked a lot of confidence and I got into personal development out of the need to, for survival, like find some way to survive in the world, know how to interact with people, know how to socialize, know how to show up as a normal fucking human. That's what got me into this space in the first place. And so most people come in quite broken. If you go to like the average coaching certification course, the average coaching certification course, let's say like the coaching institute, and you walk in there and you see people, you see a lot of people that are overweight. You see a lot of people that are just lacking confidence. And they, these are the people that are going to step into coaching. So a big group of people there are lacking a lot of empowerment. That doesn't mean they shouldn't be coaches, but like I see what makes a good coach up is a mixture of like great coaching skills, embodiment in life, and just a shit ton of practice. So it's like, what does the person need? Do they need to actually build their skills, like build their capacity to then move with the capacity and do a certification? Do they need to just fucking practice and like build their capacity by like actually getting miles like on in like on the odometer or do they need to actually work on themselves and go, holy shit, I'm, I'm actually not really the embodiment of someone living an awesome life. So why would someone want to work with me? Mm. And so, yeah, man. Yeah. I, I think that, a big chunk of people that come in initially to the coaching space need to work on the embodiment piece and the, and the practice piece as opposed to just having the skills. And if they have those things and then they put time into doing their craft, kind of like what Zach Dixon's done, he's like really worked on his craft for ages. That's what he did at winning. He was just like mastering his craft, mastering his craft. And he's a great coach. Yeah. So he, he's, but he's practiced these, right? And so he's a, he's a great example of someone that's like really put in the time to, to become great. But most coaches come in and unfortunately they get swept into the spell of like the winning internationals and the other coaching coaches, business programs that sell the six figure business and the seven figure business. And then they skip over doing the, the hard yards and which isn't actually hard. It's just more feels messy and feels less, like a, a quantum leap to freedom lifestyle. And it's more like actually coach. If you want to be a good fucking coach, then coach. Put in 20 hours a week of coaching or 10, 10 to 20 hours a week for a few years and you'll definitely be making two, three, two, three hundred grand a year. Like it's yeah. Because you'll just be fucking great. All right. So let's take uh, tangible advice then off that because that was awesome beginner coaches who need to get better at coaching, where do they go and find these 10, 20 hours a week of coaching? They, they offer it for free first and foremost. So it's like, let's say you are doing content on social media. Someone likes your post message them and just be like, yo, I'm putting fucking miles in the, on the odometer. I'm, I want to practice. I'd love to coach you for free. Yeah. When are you free? And then it's just like, Oh yeah, fuck. That sounds great. Do the coaching session then say, cool. I'm happy to do two for free. And then they do two. And are you enjoying this? Are you getting value from our sessions? How about we do start off at 80 bucks a session? 
and then do more sessions at 80 bucks with the person then be like okay cool my rate's gone up a little bit i'm going to be charging 200 a session but i'm happy to do it for you for 120 mm. and then it's like if you coach if you do 10 hours a week at 120 bucks a session i mean it's 1200 bucks it's at least you're working full-time as a coach now you can survive depending on like the old gary v idea of you've got to be putting um you stop fucking buying stupid shit that doesn't actually make you happy if you're following that rule and you're just buying what you need and like still investing money in what you care about but just not being frivolous then that should be enough 10 sessions a week at 120 bucks a session yeah i I pay myself a thousand dollars a week at the moment (laughs) it's it's very very easy to live in australia on a thousand dollars a week even with a family of four yeah not like that to make twelve hundred dollars a week as a beginner coach off of 10 hours of coaching and then maybe 10 more hours of marketing yourself that is a phenomenal lifestyle but most people are drawn into i've got to be making six figures i've got to be making seven figures i've got to have the yeah. the jet and the thousands of followers but man, the jet's like, such a quantum leap from that it <laughs> from is, 1200 it is. bucks a week to like a 20 million dollar jet but fuck you can make 1200 bucks a week working 50 hours as a laborer or you could do it in 10 hours doing this really, really awesome practice. And um, maybe people just, they've been sold this dream that it's that seven figures is right there for everyone. But um, yeah, it's- coaching is like the best. It's like the easiest, biggest opportunity that's ever existed <laughs> just as a career to do something that mixes fulfillment with like passion and profit. It's just such an epic thing. And it's, it's not like you just stay at 120 bucks a week. You can vary like- for the last few years doing very kind of little because I literally didn't want, I was trying to learn, I was recovering from burnout, learning to love myself, studying a shitload of modalities, like just all the fucking modalities and practicing a shit ton. Um, but I was making a few hundred grand a year, not working much, maybe like 10 hours a month or something like that, <laughs> doing a few hundred grand a year. Yeah. And that, that was just so, so easy. Yeah. But that was after putting in like lots of yards. And then I'm now I'm like going back into it and I'm practicing again. Yeah. Now I'm like ramp, ramping up my income a lot. But if you put in the, the time and you're making the 1200 bucks a week for a few years, then you as an asset will never lo- lose those skills. And people are just going to require it. This is why the industry is growing because it's a cool industry and there's a demand to be in it because it's exciting, but it's also a demand for clientele because the world's changing so much. People's mental health's getting thrown all over the place. Things like sugar, processed foods, social media, just like access to what I call heart closes, like disempowering habits, just a fucking opening up all over the place. So people are just going to need more and more coaching as time goes on. The opportunities in the upwards trend, it's not always going to be like, it'll get to a point where it's an oversaturated coaching market, Mm. Um, and people don't need it as much at some point, but it's, it's really on the rise now. It's a fucking great time to be a coach. So it's worth investing in your coaching skills and your, ex- your experience by putting in the time to just coach, 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 coach. And it's so funny that I'm spending my time doing that right now. Like there's a bunch of shit I know I can, like I, I can easily make three, four, 20K sales a week and just make three, 30, like what's that? 60, 80 grand a week, mm. just selling business coaching programs. And I'm spending all my time coaching people one-to-one, getting them results, putting in the hours, putting in the time to master my craft as a long-term investment in myself as a coach. 
And I highly recommend that anyone that's listening to this that's a coach takes that at least as one flavor or one thing to kind of like measure themselves on. Even if you do want to like grow the programs and the, and the courses and stuff, that's awesome. But definitely prioritize getting time in and look back at your coaching sessions as well. Like look, watch, I record my coaching sessions, look back through them, listen to how you sound, uh, try new things, learn things, implement them, learn things, implement them. Like go into each session like you're an athlete that's about to like go into some kind of race or performance or sporting event or something and, and really show up to be an amazing fucking coach in that session. And you'll, you'll find things out. You'll connect dots. Like I've built my own trauma method just on healing the mother and the father wound just by doing so many sessions and just finding what works. This stuff will just naturally start to come out. Um, yeah, it's cool shit. It's really Such a big opportunity though, right? If you're in the, also in, in a big opportunity with the online marketing. That yeah. coaching is is very similar to that. It's a massive opportunity. Yeah, man. And, and I think some people would think it's oversaturated, but it's only oversaturated in the coaching space where everyone's coaching everyone else. But when I go and look at my friends and family outside of that network, no one's got a coach. No one really knows what it's all about. They still don't really understand my job. And so I think it's uh, it's like, oh, I hate to use the comparison. It's like freaking crypto. Like there's a there's a pool of people who are all into it and some people will be, oh, it's too late already. But when you go into the wider world, coaching has got, it's probably hit 2% of the world <laughs> and most people have no idea about it. And there is so yeah. much business out there, so much opportunity. And to say, find 10 people a week out of, 20 million in australia to to speak to that sounds yeah but that's that's 10 10 a week's not you're not going to go 10 a week in your first week like you ramp up that might take you three months to get to 10 a week that's okay like i just started coaching someone on improving their coaching skills so it's like training a coach to be a better coach and i've just said like straight off the bat you just need to do three coaching sessions a week for free for 30 minutes a session you need to record them watch them back improve your coaching skills on what we're doing in our sessions and she's instantly easily found three a week but just that's from scratch mm. so it's like if you're from scratch you can like you don't expect yourself to get to 10 start with like one session a week two three four five build it up to 10 it'll it'll happen but focus on the doing of the sessions without kind of the ingredients uh skipping ahead and this is like one thing that i've it's kind of regrettable yeah, yeah, it is. Like if I had my time, and again, I wouldn't be running like winning international the same way. I'd be focusing probably, yeah, I'd be focusing more on quality or, or I'd be encouraging the coaches to, to master their craft more. As opposed, but I was a master of helping them monetize, which is cool. It's still an important factor. But I feel like the monetization can happen quite quickly and easily um, when, you, when you're a fucking master coach. Well, that was one of the things that went wrong, right? Transparently, it was that it was uh, you grew so fast to two hundred and fifty clients, and there was a lack of lack of quality in yes. delivery from your team and the delivery from the coaches to their clients, uh, just because it happened too quickly, right? So, um, yeah, it was more our business. It was the tar- our target market and our business operations. Yeah, was meaning like we were bringing on people that weren't experienced enough. Mm. So it wasn't like a really stable base of people that 
there, there was a low quality person that shouldn't really have been thrust into the program yeah. with me setting such big targets for the team. Our salespeople were bringing on, like doing a great job, like from a sales perspective, it's yeah. pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, there was a, there was a big blind spot there with, for me in the fact that I was scared of disqualifying myself because at that point I legitimately saw myself as a massive success. Yeah. Like, and I was a massive success, but, and I saw our clients like an older version of myself, our prospects. And so like so many of the people that followed the Ryan Madges page were young entrepreneurs, just like I was when I was like 18, 19 years old and they just wanted to make it. And I literally bootstrapped from scratch way before I was ready, but still made it into a success. So my paradigm back then was like, we can't disqualify this guy. That's fucking me three years ago. We right. say, sorry, you're not, you're not qualified enough. I'm pretty much saying I shouldn't even run this business. So I had this big inner conflict with that. that and it was just like, a, this is just how it has to be. I'm not going to disqualify myself. But having my time again, I would have disqualified myself, which is an interesting one. Yeah, we all would have done things differently. Yeah. What's the best thing and what's the worst thing about rapidly scaling a business to that point? I think the best thing, there's lots of good things about it. <laughs> the best thing would be uh, someone's capacity, someone, someone's ability to normalize a high capacity of, uh, of masculine energy because for me, it was very normal to do massively courageous things that recently when I'd been more in my feminine energy of the, of the time off and being more receiving, surrender, et cetera, some of the shit that I used to do, I couldn't do. Like if it's like, okay, cool. You got to get this pump, this course out. Even when we were working together recently, it's like, Hey, can you get this done in time? And it's like, yeah, as a big edge for me. Whereas like what I was getting done for you in time was like 10% of my output when I was in the flow of running Winning International, building Winning International. So it's like I normalized really powerful masculine energy. The, the, the contour for me as, as a human was that then I was kind of uh, neglecting my inner feminine. And both are really important for someone to feel empowered. I really see it as like, if there's like an in, if we go into inner child work, <clears throat> you got an inner child, and then you got two inner parents, like an, an inner mom and an inner dad. The inner dad is like unconditionally protective through taking action, like actually makes things happen. Like you are a dad for your kids. It's like your job is to is like a really big role is to make sure shit happens. You can't just be like, oh, I love you guys, but sorry, there's no food today. It's like, no, you gotta put the food on the table. That's your the inner father. The inner mother is the I'm unconditionally loving. The inner father is unconditionally protective. Inner mother, unconditionally loving through nurture. And for me, like my self-nurture was very low. My self-love was very low. It was mm -hmm. like just ruthless, masculine energy. And that's a stage of development as a young man as well. It's very normal. Yeah, it's, you were like 21 years old. Yeah, it's, it's normal. It's like from a masculine archetypal development, development's perspective it's, it's called the hero which is the underdeveloped warrior it's like the last part of a man to develop or a boy to develop which is a hero like 16 18 years old we have this energy it's an underdeveloped warrior energy of 
I have more skills than I think I do. I'm like arrogant, ignorant, just I've got this inflated ego to believe I can do whatever I, I want because that's needed as a psychological strategy to separate the boy from the family. So he goes out and forges his own way, even though he's probably going to fail. It's like that's ingrained into us in some, uh, yeah, like an archetypal perspective to allow the man to go. So it's normal, but that's definitely, that was a con of, of growing too fast. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, probably a thing. You, you would have learned all this looking back, which is really interesting. You kind of um, have flipped what most people's journeys will be, I'd imagine. As in, I think so. Yeah, yeah. You you did the the rapid growth and then the slow down and the learning afterwards, which is probably the opposite of what most people would do. But it, it's put you in a really really cool place. I'm very happy to see it. Thanks, How about guys. talking about where you're at now, right? So I know that you've you've gone from that point. Uh, you went through a big, you know, transformation when you like went to Bali and then came back and started wearing lots of white and hugging everyone, and then um, <laughs> and then you moved. Yeah, I was always a hugger. You were always a hugger. You were always a, a hugger. What? Agreed. <laughs> I think you look great in all white, man. Um, but then I appreciate uh, that. Al. Now you've got you've created this um, this core method, C O R, the derivative Latin word for heart, and it's all about courage. So, macro, why is it so important to be courageous? Yeah, man. Well, yes. Courage means heart, honoring the truth of your heart, core. And I see, like, the reason I created this method, which I'm using for myself, I'm not really even teaching it at the moment, to be honest with you, and I put it on the back burner because I feel like I need some, it's just not the time to be putting it out there, but I'll, I'll share it now. So it's like I spent the last year working on this method to help me calibrate all the different areas of, like, deep spiritual work, deep emotional inner work, actually wanting to be relevant, hustle in the world, have a great relationship. And just like all the modalities in personal development, how do they fit in together? Because I was getting fucking confused, to be honest with you. I was like mm. listening to my meditation teacher. It's like, you know, you just got to detach and just surrender. And it's like, okay, that's one perspective. And I, yeah, I feel good when I do that. But then it gets to a point where I'm like, hang on a second. What about actually working hard and challenging myself and growing? That also feels relevant. And I did that and I'd feel good, but I'd do that too much and that wouldn't feel right. And then it's like, oh, maybe it's about feeling and releasing emotion. And I'd do that and that'd feel good and change my belief systems and inner trauma work and then psychedelics. And then it's like, fucking, how many different things can you do? <laughs> and it's just, I was getting confused. I didn't know what was the right next thing to do in any moment. And so I was like, I just got to figure out some way to integrate all of this stuff for me to make it easier. So I essentially like, had a massive intuitive download essentially of like just ideas essentially popping to me. Now I just wrote it all down and I was like, man, it's just head versus heart. You can either, you're either in your head or you're either in your heart. And it's like the purpose of life is fulfillment and fulfillment is the consistent quality of the experience of one's life. What's going to create fulfillment is living in the heart and what creates living in the heart. Well, that's what the core method helps with because what's required to be in the heart in any moment is discernible to the context of the situation. Meaning that like, there's no right answer. There's just a right answer in the moment. So it's like the chicken and the egg of getting a break, getting some results. It's like, do you take action to get a breakthrough 
or do you like do some big, oh, I can't take action until I've done this emotional release or this time on therapy breakthrough. Only when I've, I've got these beliefs until I remove the blocks, I can't move. Sometimes when you move, you remove the blocks. So it's like, what's needed to return to the heart, to be living in, in a state of fulfillment from my perspective is different in every situation. And I think there's one of three things that can be done. Either you do a breakthrough, so you either yeah, do some kind of breakthrough to help release. So it could be an emotional block. It could be in a child work. It could be like somatic release work. It could be parts work. It could be NLP breakthrough, just fucking some kind of excavation, exploring to figure out the deeper block because there's just something there. And it's like, it's, that could be an option. Two other options are masculine or feminine action. That's the three. So it's like you either, if I'm like feeling stuck, and I'm in my head and I want to get back to my heart, I go, okay, what do I need to do? Do I need to take some fucking action, have that difficult conversation? Do I need to plan the podcast and then just fucking launch it? Do I need to pitch a bunch of people and make some sales? Do I need to book the flight to go to that country? Do I need to do some kind of action? Or do I need to enjoy? So it's like, do I execute? Do I enjoy? Or do I explore? They're essentially the three things. Execute, enjoy, or explore. Because if, let's say, for example, someone's feeling like shit and they're feeling stuck in their head and they're really overwhelmed and they're just like, their solution is, I just move forward. Just state management, Tony Robbins style, boom. And they just go for it. But what's needed in that moment is to actually receive instead of giving and feminine instead of masculine. And they, they're, but they're taking action. They're taking action. They're like, how do I get back into that state of not feeling so fucking stuck? And how do I... You know, move forward properly. I'm feeling really disempowered and they take action. But what was needed was to receive. Then they're not going to be feeling fucking good. They're going to have a headache. They might get sick. Something's going to, it's because it's not what was needed, discernible in alignment with the person who was feeling stuck. But on the same token, if the person's like, my solution is, this is what I was doing for a big, okay, I'm feeling stuck. So what I need to do right now is there's obviously some kind of stuck energy here or some emotion. I'm just going to feel into it. I'm going to regulate my nervous system, which is like psychology and somatic release work and stuff. I'm going to like tune in. I'm going to bring myself back into homeostasis by downregulating because I was in hyper arousal. I'm going to bring myself back into homeostasis, into my window of tolerance. My nervous system is going to be feeling good. And I'll nurture myself. Ryan, I love you so much. You're doing such a great job, man. Just chill out. The inner, inner feminine. But if what's needed, it's like you put off the fucking podcast for three months, the, the inner masculine's needed, the inner father's like, dude, step the fuck up and do the thing. And if you keep nurturing yourself through it, like I've done at certain times, and I'm sure we all have, it's like, then you're not going to feel fulfilled. You, you, the consistent quality of the experience of your life is going to be low, even though you're being courageous and taking action. So courage to me is not like, do the big thing. It's do the thing that's needed in the moment and be discernible about what's actually required. And most people have complete blind spots over the options in those times because they've got strengths and weaknesses based on their trauma. So if someone's like in a really, like if someone just can't relax because their whole self-worth like me in the past was attached to their outcomes in business, you might need to do some kind of breakthrough. You can't even see it as an option. You need to do some kind of exploring, excavating an emotional release or something. No, this is not even a possibility. Or relaxing might not even be a possibility. It's like relaxation means I'm weak, which means I'm a failure, which means it's just not a possibility. So it's like being able to discern the options and hold yourself with absolute love throughout whatever you choose to do 
if I'm feeling sick, like yesterday I watched a bunch of TV because I was just, I've been hustling fucking hard and I was feeling tired as fuck. So I was like, okay, it was, it took fucking courage, man, for me to receive and chill out. It took mm-hmm. courage is going against that heads, my head's kind of like patterning and being like, you've got to work, get your shit done. And so courage to me is not just the big thing of like doing the scary action. It's doing the scary action, which could be to lean more into the feminine. It could be doing the breakthrough or it could be taking action. And everyone's going to have different edges and different relevant, correct, aligned next actions to move them back to the heart at the time. So the core method for me is about discerning what's needed to get back to the heart, which is ultimately how we live our most fulfilled life in the moment, knowing it's always going to change. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see where it's come from? Like with all these different things? Like, yeah, man. That's this a- been, I've just done so much exploration over the last few years and this just makes it very easy. What's needed? One, two, three. Back, boom. Back in the heart, living with fulfillment. That's a game changer for so many people in the coaching space, in the business space, in parenting or whatever, or whatever. Mm. I can see it in fitness. I can see it in people who feel like they need to train every day because taking a day off is weakness or, you know, freaking parents who won't ask for help because that means they're not good at parenting. Uh, But then also people on the flip side who feel, who spend so much time making themselves feel good before they do anything that nothing ever happens. You actually said this to me. Right. When I was, I was at one of your retreats after a, uh, it was like in the weeks after I got married and up towards my wedding, my stress levels went up and my business performance went down. I started getting hung up on the phone, that kind of thing. And I was in a pretty bad financial place in the weeks after the wedding. Yeah. And you were talking to me about it. I was like, man, I think I just need to like literally get myself feeling back on track and then go and, you know, start making some sales after that. You're like, no, man, you need to man the fuck up and start doing it now. <laughs> you know, you're married, mm. fix it now. You'll feel better because you fixed it. And mm. that was huge for me. And then I went and made a bunch of sales and paid for the whole honeymoon. And uh, that's fucking awesome, dude. It was grass. It was great. I, I pulled in a bunch of the wrong people and a bunch of them <laughs> ended up being terrible clients and uh, whatever, because I didn't disqualify them. And then it caused a whole lot of stress later on. But uh, <laughs> getting, getting on a plane to Germany uh, for two months, knowing that I had, uh, you know, a few thousand dollars coming in every week, you know, for the first month of my honeymoon was epic yeah. because you recognize that it was taking action. That was the courageous thing for me to do. But um, yes. plenty that was of- the main thing that I would say to people about at that phase though, just happened to be what's needed to you then. But I only had one option at that point, <laughs> not the other two. That was even, the, even, the, even the mindset stuff was just like, I was completely against anything that just seemed like a detour from action, which a lot of it did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we started to see you learning about Vedic meditation and stuff coming into the end of my days working with you at Winnie International. And you kind of put us onto that one giant mind app and we all learned to do 10-minute meditations. And that was helpful. That was really, really helpful for me because it showed, I think it was a good, um, you know, entry point for a lot of people into combining the two worlds of tangible action and internal work which is the eternal struggle, right? Of, uh, of running a coaching business where there's so many voices, like you said, telling you 
the only way to succeed is through my method, yeah. <laughs> my my thing. And it's really cool yes. that you created your method to work on yourself, not to sell. <laughs> not to sell. Yeah. Magic and this, this, this core method, like, I just want people to be able to use it for free because there's no like I created the idea of having like an internal breakthrough or taking action yeah. or enjoying your life. It's just like, it's fucking simple. So yeah. use it and, and you deserve to use it. But yeah, man. I think that um, one thing I was going to, that popped up a minute ago was that you went on the honeymoon. You got to, you had to take action to get to that point. Some of the clients weren't right. You weren't really sure which ones were right or not. There's just, big shit show and it's kind of like messy in the early days of building a business period but as a coach a really easy way to just like mitigate most of the problems that come up is just being it for life like just commit for the real long term it's like five ten years like i've been in the space for about 10 10 years i've been into personal development for 14 13 14 years but i've been in a coach for like 10 years so it's like but I'm, I plan on just continuing to grow and it just gets so much easier. You know, that idea of like, to those that have little, everything that is taken and those that have much, everything is given. You know that? Jordan Peterson talks about it a lot. It's, just, it's true, right? So it's like at the start of being a, a coach, no one really wants to work with you because you suck <laughs> and you're new and you got no case studies and you're probably in your embodiment's low. You don't have much practice up your sleeve. So it's like, it's the hardest time to get results. But then like, if you're in a position like where I'm in, and I've been doing it for 10 years, then I can make 500K a year just doing some one-to-one coaching and working hard, but not ridiculously hard. Mm. And because I've spent so much time, I spent over $750,000 on my growth, like on my on courses and mentors and stuff. And I've practiced heaps. And I've been in it for 10 years consistently. So it's like, it just, and, and that's just going to get better over time because you just become more and more of a master at helping people get what they want, which is very valuable. So it's like, if you just stick at it for life and you just keep pressing into your edge in terms of like improving your coaching skills, practicing what like, so learning more about coaching, practicing more about coaching and like becoming a more embodied, fulfilled being. Like I'm always leaning into to new edges like a couple i had tantra on my to-do list for like three years just parked just don't have the space for it now and then two years ago i was like boom i'm going deep into that stuff and now like know about tantra inside out it's just an extra thing to the repertoire or it's like working on my bloods and my gut health and stuff like this that was i knew i wanted to do that for so long but about a year ago i really got into it it's like sharpened my nutrition massively mobility and like working on my posture and the way that that impacts me. It's just something I've wanted to do for ages. And I've only been working on that over the last three, six months. So it's like, I'm always have these like new things that I'm wanting to like add in to, to my map of coaching. Mm. And like, you just get to keep improving over time. And if you, but if you're in it for the long term, then you get to, you get to just become a better coach, a better coach, a better coach. The rewards get better. Your fulfillment from it gets better. There was this book called, I'm pretty sure it was Work Rules. It, it, I'm pretty sure that's the book, but it might not be. But anyway, the concept of this book was like the number one thing that caused uh, fulfillment in a certain job wasn't like they were trying to find what industries were the most popular and, and they and like created the most fulfillment. And they didn't find like a particular industry. They just found that people that were doing what they did for the longest had the most fulfillment. 
And that's because they become good at it. They get a lot of connection because people know them and so people want to connect with them in their work. They get paid more. They have more um, mentoring opportunities. They get to keep learning and developing because they're just stuck at it. And that's the same if someone's an accountant or someone's a veterinarian or someone's a doctor or someone's a lawyer or someone's like working with children, someone's a coach. It's, uh, it's just about sticking at it. So if you really want to be a coach, which I can tell you from being in it for 10 years, it's a pretty cool space. It's not going to guarantee you fulfillment, but it's a pretty big factor. So it's like stick at it and commit for the long term. And that'll, that'll allow you to give yourself grace in the short term while you're building, which is going to be needed because the building phase is hard. It is hard. And you said that to us very early on in my, in my journey, right when I needed to hear it. It was like, if you want to eliminate short-term stress, just realize you're in this for life. And uh, yes. definitely, definitely changed the game for me. And I'm not ironically in that same job, but I'm in a similar, it's led me into what I'm doing now. Very beautiful. Were you ever meant to be, did you ever feel like being a coach was your calling though? You more came in as an opportunity to create like a better life than you and-, and Yeah, and you, you. you guys created that career for me. I never even thought of it. Exactly. You know, so- um, yeah. But it's led me to the coaching space. And now I think my favorite part of it was always content creation, creativity. And that's pretty much my job now. And so it's worked out perfectly, man. And I couldn't thank you enough. Totally. But for those that, and I appreciate that, for those that are listening that know that they want to actually be a coach, mm. they, these, are the, these are the guys that I'm talking to. And those that don't know what they want to be, just like leaning into the thing that you do feel called towards. Um, but just the, the long-term commitment just makes such a big difference. Such a big fucking difference. Yeah, it does, man. And you are proof, you're living proof, Ryan. And I couldn't think of a better place to leave it today. Although I'd love to talk to you for three hours straight. Um, I've got to get into my hustle season, man. I've got to, I've got to go and land a client in five minutes time. So, um, dude, thank you so much, Ryan, for making some time. I know it's evening in costa rica i'm glad your power has stayed on for the whole podcast we were worried about that at the beginning <laughs> and um dude one day we will hug again we will go for some steak again don't know when or where but it's gonna happen sounds amazing brother dude thanks so much for having me on as i said i reached out because i you just popped up i was like oh there's alex is doing a podcast i should jump on that i'd love to chat with you brother and i really enjoyed our chat thank you so much and to those that are listening I love you guys so much. If you're a coach, you're out there doing your thing. I've got so much respect for you. And I just want to re remind you that like the most important thing in this whole journey is holding yourself with conviction through the whole fucking process. If you choose to like do some extra uh, development on yourself to improve your, your coaching, honor that. If you choose to up your prices, fucking honor that. If you choose to put in more of the, the work to like, get your coaching skills going because you're practicing heaps and you're making less money than what your friends are fucking on yourself for that. And if you want to go the other way and you want to make heaps of money and you spend less on the actual develop developing of your capacity on yourself for that. But it's so important to just to be able to hold yourself with reverence, which means like sacredness and self-work with worth uh, through everything that you go through. And just know yourself, take time to tune into yourself and go, what the fuck am I actually doing this for? Who am I? Where am I going? I know who I am. And, and just, just know that there's like zero difference between anyone in the space. There's no difference between Alex, myself, you, Tony Robbins, anyone. We're all made equal. 
you want to be a master in this space, it's just going to take to those, those three things that I spoke about, which is like learning about coaching, practicing coaching and working on your own embodiment. And you're going to be a master coach. So rock it out. Thanks so much for having me on, Alex. Love you, brother. And appreciate you so much. Thank you, Ryan. And thank you for that insanely good closeout to the podcast. That's going to be a clip that will ring through the ears of beginner coaches for many years to come, I'm sure. <laughs> thank you, man. Love you to bits. Welcome, anyone brother. watching or listening live or otherwise, um, I'll actually be back tomorrow with another episode of Coaches to the Moon. In the meantime, and also those yes. that are on here, add me on Instagram at the Ryan Magic and shoot me a message if you tuned in and, and listened to the podcast. I'd love to hear from you at the Ryan Magic on Insta. Yeah, we're going to tag you everywhere, man. Everywhere we uh, we're going to make sure people come towards you. We're going to tag you. We're going to send you a bunch of clips you can post around and. Um, we're going to make sure That's that great, man. Uh, everyone knows that you are the man, as I'm sure they can tell from this podcast. <laughs> Appreciate that, Alex. Lots Thanks, of love, dude. brother. Thanks Take for listening, everyone. See everyone. Much love and peace out. Coaches to the Moon will be back next week. Until then, reach us on Facebook at To The Moon Digital Marketing.